So today is the 23rd of October, 2020. We come to chant the praises of the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, and we recollect the wholesome qualities of the tri tri Triple Gem in this way. We sit in meditation and listen to the Dhamma. This listening to the Dhamma is something that's very important in our Dhamma practice for the monks and the laity, for all practitioners. This is d developing the mind to be excellent and good. If one has any doubts in one's practice, then listening to the Dhamma can dispel and allay these doubts. When all the doubts are gone, then this is very beneficial for one's practice. And these doubts come in many forms. One may doubt one's practice. For example, uh, is this meditation object, is it suitable for my character? Is it suitable for my personality type? And one may doubt in various ways. And really we want peacefulness, we want wisdom. And this practice, uh, truly is to make effort to make the mind peaceful. And all of us here have faith in the Lord Buddha. And therefore, having faith in the Buddha and uh, this quality of inspiration of the heart, therefore, recollection of the Buddha is a suitable meditation object for all of us. We can recite the mantra Bhutto, Dhammo, Sangho. And when we chant, we praise the qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And we do this with mindfulness. And we do this, uh, and we can chant the praises of the Triple Gem in this way many times in a day. For example, nine times, 18 times, or more. And this can lead the mind to become peaceful. When the mind is peaceful and still, this gives us great benefit. And this is a benefit of chanting, to reduce the busyness and chaos in the mind and to make the mind still and peaceful. So when the mind gains the stillness and stability from chanting, this is the benefit of chanting arising. So we have the intention to chant and apply our minds and hearts to the practice of chanting. And we do this every single time that we come to chant. And this is called mental cultivation or bhavana. And this is an excellent way to cultivate the mind. So we can recite Buddha, Dhammo, or Sangho. And we can recite Buddha all day long. And whenever one has more time, one can chant the praises to the Buddha, starting with Itipiso. And if one has even more free time, one can additionally chant the praises to the Dhamma Sawakato and the praises to the Sangha Supatipano. And if one has less time, or if the mind naturally becomes more and more peaceful, one then naturally shortens the chant down to just Itipiso, Bhagawa, or just Bhutto, as, uh, as is suitable for the occasion. 
So with this quality of faith, we practice mental cultivation with our meditation word. And we don't have to doubt in the efficacy of this, because this is something that's capable of making the mind peaceful. And when the mind is peaceful, this is because that there's no doubt in the mind. When there's lots of doubt, we really want peacefulness of mind, but no peacefulness arises because of this doubt. And we can really wonder, is this meditation object suitable for us? And then when samadhi collectedness arises, then this dispels these doubts uh, naturally. Another suitable meditation object for Dhamma practitioners is to contemplate all things as empty. And again, one can doubt if this is the correct practice for us. But do it a lot and see for oneself. Contemplate the four elements as empty. And this is a suitable practice for those that have a wisdom temperament or a character that tends towards wisdom. Contemplate and then the mind becomes peaceful and still and collected. One sees that these four elements um, are empty by nature. Really, when one looks closely, there's no earth, no air, no fire, no water. Uh, there's nothing there at all. It's just empty. So we see uh, birth and passing away, uh, arising, staying and passing away, and we contemplate it all as empty. And this is uh, called the kamatana, the basis of our development. And for uh, Westerners, they tend to be of a wisdom personality type. So this is a suitable meditation practice for those individuals and can contemplate the body as these four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. And that the body is just a heap of these elements of nature, that it's something that comes from nature and it's all of the nature of emptiness. And we can study the sciences or we likely have already through school and we see that the body is made out of uh, many, many cells. So the body is all composed of these different cells. And whether a big organ or a small organ, it's all made of these cells. And one can ask, are these cells me? Are they mine? Are they a self? Look at each individual cell and ask this question. And then one can see that it's really empty. This emptiness is something that's here already. And seeing this clearly, the mind realizes purity, sees that it's not me, not you, not a self. And seeing this clearly, then the mind doesn't get involved with all the various sense impressions and moods and feelings that arise. The mind doesn't cling or attach or get involved with them. And this is the mind realizing peacefulness and stillness. And in this way, the body and mind feel light and at ease. Similarly, reciting the mantra Bhutto, when the mind becomes still and peaceful, then Bhutto naturally falls away. And the body and mind become light 
and at ease. So this practice of using a meditation object is for the mind to become peaceful. And just that much, it's all for the sake of peacefulness and having a collected, stable mind. And this mental collectedness, in turn, leads to wisdom and seeing clearly, seeing clearly into the truth of nature. And this is something that we should see, we should endeavor to see clearly. It's something that we should know, this truth of the way things are. And seeing this clearly has the ability to take the kilesas out of the mind, the defilements of greed, aversion, and delusion are purified out of the mind through this seeing uh, clearly into the truth. Thereby the mind becomes bright and radiant and the heart uh, becomes pure and bright in this way. So one should have effort in one's mental cultivation and, and have confidence in this practice of Dhamma. Recite Bhutto, Dhammo, Sangho, or the Etipiso chant, or a shorter chant as is suitable, or contemplate emptiness, and have one's mind not doubt in this practice. Let the mind realize samadhi, and not think of the past, and not think of the future, but to be in the present moment with just one object of mind. And this allows the mind to become still and peaceful. And these five jhanic factors of vitaka, vichara, piti, sukha, ekagata, or applied thought, sustained thought, rapture, bliss, and one-pointedness, they arise in the mind. And we see that um, after one takes the object of one's meditation to the mind, whether it's bhuto or contemplating emptiness, one takes this as one's mental object. And this taking up of the meditation object, this is the element of vitaka, or applied thought. This is taking the object of our kamatana into the mind. And having done this, then this leads to rapture arising in the mind. Whether one does bhuto or contemplating emptiness, then the mind becomes peaceful, and this leads to a feeling of rapture or fullness of heart. The heart feels happy, and filled with the happiness of rapture and samadhi. So these elements of vitaka and vichara lead to a great happiness of heart, a great fullness, and the mind has energy to do um, whatever it sees fit. And the mind and heart feel very cool, just like entering a very cool room, one feels at ease and the, all the sense impressions from outside are not able to disturb the heart when the heart is in this state. So this is uh, also mindfulness taking care of our hearts. 
So therefore, there's no need to doubt in this practice of mental cultivation. Before, we may have doubted which mental object is suitable in order to give rise to peacefulness in our minds. And this is the heart, just doubting all the time. However, we have faith, <clears throat> and therefore we need effort in applying our minds to this practice of bhavana. So do your effort, and do this effort all the time. Practice all the time. And this is the path of sila, samadhi, and panya, or dana, sila, and bhavana. This is the Noble Eightfold Path. And doing this gives rise to great goodness in our lives and leads to a freedom of heart and mind. So having been born into this world, we learn various subjects and various knowledges, and this can give us a certain level of ease in our lives. However, we also practice to see the drawbacks in this endless cycle of wandering on that we call samsara. And if we see the drawbacks to uh, too little of a degree, we don't see the drawbacks sufficiently clearly, we won't have effort in our dhamma practice. So we must recollect the drawbacks of samsara Recollect that this, these bodies of ours are ever-changing, are impermanent. Their nature is to arise and then pass away and degrade. And they're also subject to various types of dukkha, such as various illnesses that can give rise at any time. We don't know when various illnesses will arise, and we don't know when we'll die either. This is simply the nature of the body, which is part of the world. And this body is also the home it's of all the various bacteria and viruses. Whether it's a large or small organ, all the different parts of the body are of the nature to degrade and pass away. It's simply their nature. So see this nature of degradation clearly. See that this heap of the five khandas of the body and mind, it's all of the nature to arise and pass away. And seeing this clearly, then one will, one will be established in heedfulness. One will see that this body and mind is uncertain, that what we call the self, this five khandas, it's ever-changing, unstable, and unsure. Just like a house is a home for our body, this body is like a home for our mind. And this home, just like a, a real house, the body is something that's unstable and unsure of the nature to degrade. So may you have a lot of mindfulness. There's a story of one uh, disciple, one practitioner at the branch monastery in Sydney, Australia, called the Wat Bodhisattva. And this individual had uh, stage five cancer, and they were very determined to practice Dhamma. And they would walk around a pond 108 times. And walking around this pond was no small feat. It was a long way, 
Just one circumambulation around the pond could take seven minutes, and this individual would go around 108 times, and they would walk faster and better than a normal healthy person as well. And this is the body and mind becoming light through application in one's Dhamma practice. The mind can become separate from the body, and the mind is peaceful in this state. So contemplate this body and mind as not me, not mine, not I, not self. In doing this, one sees clearly that there's no me, no you, no theirs, no they, no us, no ours, and so on. This is the arising of wisdom. So practice with one's meditation object. Make the mind still. See the body as not self, not one's own, and contemplate the body as empty. Seeing clearly in this way, one sees that all things are merely convention. And seeing this comes from our practice with our meditation object, making the mind still and peaceful. So do this a lot, practice a lot, use one's meditation word. There's no need to doubt this, just do it. Death is something that's a surefire thing. It's coming and we don't know when. So apply oneself to make the mind still and peaceful through the practice and application of mind to one's meditation object. The mind generates convention through proliferation, thinking here and there. And so we can see that without this proliferation, then conventions don't arise. So in reality, there's no me, there's no you. It's all just a convention, something that arises from the activity of mind. This is wisdom that arises from clear seeing, from vipassana. And this seeing clearly, one simply sees that there's no me here, there's no you there, there's no self anywhere. And this is the mind becoming separate from the body. And this is seeing the Dhamma, seeing nature clearly. One sees that all phenomena arise, stay for a while, and pass away. This happens every hour, every minute, every second. This is something that one can see when the mind is still and it's collected. So we do this practice and we apply ourselves to this Dhamma practice. And then one day, the Noble Eightfold Path of Virtue, Collectedness and Wisdom gathers together and we see the true Dhamma, the truth of the way things are. So have effort in your practice. And we have faith and belief. So therefore, apply this and make effort in an ongoing way, in a continuous way, and apply one's heart. There's no need to doubt. And then when we truly see the Dhamma, we see the truth. This comes from this practice. So may you practice continuously. See the five khandhas, this heap of body and mind. See it as unsure, something that's ever-changing. So may you all practice with effort, and may you be determined, may you grow in Dhamma.